Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Who are we kidding? It's 2020. The real question is how overwhelmed are you? Social distancing, mass on or mass off, online school, working from home. There's certainly a lot to overwhelm us. So what do we do when we feel overwhelmed? Today, we're continuing our series called Hey Friend. And we're going to be joined by Pastor Don Fisher, who's going to remind us that when we're overwhelmed, Jesus can help. Let's get started today. Here's Pastor Don. Last Sunday, Pastor Nicole drilled into us that God is not a God of coincidence. He has a purpose. He has a plan. So Wednesday afternoon, Pastor Nicole came in my office and she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good. So you're going to do better because you're preaching Sunday, <laughs> Wednesday afternoon. And I said, well, that, that's okay. I said, what's the topic? She goes, feeling overwhelmed and stressed. <laughs> that works. So as I worked through that and um, she walked out of the office, Psalm 46 came to my mind, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. When my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm overwhelmed. So I walked right out behind her and I said, I've got the verse and I've got my message title for Sunday. Now, what I wasn't thinking was normally I teach a 10 o'clock class in the hospitality room. So then it hits me, preach at 9 o'clock, teach at 10, and preach at 11. So I gave uh, Janet Young, my, uh, my backup teacher, I gave her a call. And again, not by coincidence, but I had just finished my Sunday morning outline for class. Just completed it. It was on my desk, and I'm talking to Janet, and I tell her my circumstance, and she goes, no, 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 no. You're, you're not going to do that. I said, well, will you teach? And she said, yeah, and of course, not putting her in the bind. I said, I'll tell you what, I just finished my outline and my notes for Sunday. What if I fax them to you, and it will save you some time? So bottom line of the story is she has the notes and the information to teach my class, God gave me a verse and gave me a message for this morning, and here we are, and God is still not a God of coincidence. So, how many of you have ever been overwhelmed in your life? Okay, almost everybody. So, if that person next to you did not raise their hand, would you just very gently reach over and check for a pulse <laughs> and see if they are breathing, the mirror, you know, see if they're breathing. I think if we were to think about it, every one of us have had a period of time, and certainly this is not a unique time that we're in of feeling overwhelmed. So I want to take you to Psalm 46, or I'm sorry, Psalm 61. Uh, I want, want us to go there, and I want you to follow the words on the screen, because here is a man who is feeling overwhelmed. And what I'm sharing with you today, I think will relate, and I think, uh, and I'm trusting will encourage you uh, in dealing with the times that we have been overwhelmed. So here's what David says. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. 
From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In other words, take me to a place I can't get to on my own. For you have been, God, you have been my refuge and a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You've given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life. David's speaking of himself here. His years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. And then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. This psalm was written by a man who was no stranger to trouble. We know the life of David. We read about, most of us are familiar when he was just a young lad and remember watching, tending his father's sheep. He had an encounter with the bear. He had an encounter with the lion. He had an encounter with Goliath. Then we follow his life, and on through the years, David had experienced a time of moral failure. He had experienced a time of uh, having someone plot to kill Bathsheba's husband. And then, knowing that God had anointed him to be king... And Saul was, in the beginning, he was okay with it because he thought it was kind of neat. David was going out and conquering all of these countries and all of these people. But then the people started favoring David. And this whole jealousy thing came in. And they said, you know, Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. And now out of this greed... Saul decides, I've got to put a stop to this guy. And so now David is in the process of running for his life, hiding in caves, this sense of being overwhelmed, the sense of being stressed. And then to top it off, his son, Absalom, his third son, got this idea that, you know, dad's a king but I think I can do it better. And so he starts doing this little side uh, involvement with the people and encouraging them, you know, I can do better. It's kind of like what we're facing right now in our election process. You know, I can do better than him. I can do better than her. I can do, and, and believe it or not, the people now came to the place where they were following Absalom, and Absalom's intent was to rid his father and overtake the position of king. And Psalm 61 was written right toward the end of Absalom's rebellion. Now, we understand the story, and we know that in the process, David was driven out of Jerusalem. That's why when he says, from the ends of the earth... 
He had been estranged from the tabernacle, the place that he was used to going, and all of this is going on in his mind, and a tremendous sense of feeling overwhelmed. And he's saying to God, in paraphrasing, and he said, God, I am at my wit's end. You ever been there? It's not a nice place to go to. It's a lot more places that are great to visit than your wit's end. Have you ever heard that expression? I just feel like I'm at my wit's end. One or two of us. Okay. What does that mean? That means that we are at the limit of our emotional or mental limitation. We've gone as far as we can go. We have had it up to here. I'm just at my wit's end. And here, this is what David is expressing to God in this prayer from the ends of the earth. God, I am at my wit's end. I have been pursued. I have been chased. I have been plotted against. All of these things that are coming against me, and I don't know where to turn. And if you're not familiar with the expression of wit's end, how about... I feel like I'm just at the end of my rope. I'm just at the end of my rope. Maybe you've had those times of frustration. Maybe there have been times with uh, circumstances in your life, and you say, you know, I, I'm at the end, end of my rope. And, and, and this thing doesn't work. You know, people tell you when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. That doesn't really work well. But we come to the end of our rope. We come to our wit's end. We come to this place where we just don't know which way to turn. And, and speaking of coincidence, I have a feeling, even though this is a very broad subject today, and it's like many of those, many of those topics that we preach, you could preach it any Sunday to any crowd, and it's going to hit somebody. I mean, it's, it's just, that's the percentages. So this morning, there may be some of you here today who are sitting there saying, Pastor Don, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm at my wit's end. I'm at the end of my rope. I've had it up to here. It's the Popeye I can't stands anymore. What do I do? Well, here's something that I think we need to maybe just check in for a little bit. All of us in this room have felt overwhelmed at some time or other. It could be because you've taken on too much responsibility. You might be a fixer. You might be someone who feels like you have to have an answer for everything. So, and, or you're someone that you can't say no. You, you just can't say no. So no matter how much is required of you or asked of you, you just keep taking it on. Or it, you could feel overwhelmed today because of things that are out of your control. It may be a physical illness. It may be an emotional trauma. It may be something that you do not have any control over, but you've taken it on as your personal identity. We are in a period of time in our generation that we have never experienced where we are at right now. 
And I'm not going to go back and give you all of the details because if you have been reading a paper or watching the news report, you understand that we are in a unique period of time. And I'm finding that I have a choice to make because my choices are limited. I can either panic or I can experience the peace of God. It's my choice. And there are a lot of folk that are panicking today. And when we see what's going on around us and we recognize the, the multiple millions of people who are unemployed, we recognize the thousands of people who have lost their homes to the wildfires and the hurricanes, and some have lost their lives. We look at the recent number of over 213,000 people who have died from COVID, and, and that, that is each individual. But can you imagine now as you spread that out, as you, that circle of effect, the families and the friends and the loved ones that are dealing with this? And then we recognize that all the way through Scripture, God has given us examples of people who have been overwhelmed, even Jesus. In the Garden of Gethsemane, in his time of ministry, even Jesus felt overwhelmed. We've all been overwhelmed. We've all exhausted every resource, and we know we're going under, but there's nothing we can do about it. What do we do? You say, well, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to ignore the world. I'm trying to ignore the news. I'm trying to ignore. Okay, I get that. But, but let's bring it home. If we're family, we're supposed to be family. Eerie first family. We're supposed to have care and concerns for those in our family. And so just off the top of my head, I don't have it all written down. But I can tell you this. In this COVID season, we have had people in our church family who have had to move. We've had people in our church family who not only had to sell their house, but they had to move because in two weeks they were having surgery. And from there going to a rehab facility. We've had people who would call and say, you know, Monday morning, uh, I've got a truck coming and we're going to load up and I've sold my home. I'm going to Texas. And, and, and do you have any guys that can give me a hand? You could have walked with me through the eight funerals that I've conducted in these, in these last six and a half months, dealing with families who can't be in the funeral home and families that have the spacing and, and all of the things that are going on. You could, you could walk with me through that. You could sit in my office and listen in on a phone conversation that is saying, Pastor Don, I don't know why there's any reason to live. There's just no reason to live. Or you could listen into the conversation of the lady that says, I, I need help, I need help. My husband, he's suffering from PTSD. He was in the Vietnam War. He's being violent. Uh, he's having all kind of stuff going on in his head. I had to leave him. I don't know what to do. I don't want to divorce him. I just, at the end of my rope. That's where we are in our church family. Not bad people. It's just called dealing with life. But I want to tell you this morning, and maybe some of you here that were a part of this, uh, 
We have done landscaping projects. We have helped people move. Uh, we, have, we have been there for all different scenarios. And, and I counted up over 20-some men and women responded to my request when I sent it out is, we need some help. Over 20-some men and women said, we'll be there. And our latest, it wasn't big. Our latest was just this last Thursday. One of our senior ladies had this big lamb uh, fall out of her, off of her tree into her backyard. And I sent a call out, and there were four of us with chainsaws. And man, we were looking tough. And we attacked, you know how guys, we attacked that thing. And I got some guy looking, and he goes, oh, that's not much. Not very big. And we cut it up, and one guy hauled it away to the township and burned it. And, and it just, this is what family does. But if we are not aware, if we take the ostrich approach and keep our head in the sand, it's like everything's great at my house. I've got plenty of toilet paper. I've got plenty of sanitizer. I could take a bath in sanitizer and still have some left over. And things are great. I'm still working. But friends, all around you, people are being overwhelmed. And as the body of Christ, it's our responsibility to respond to those needs. And I just thank so much for those who have responded. Now, we need to get to some of this because what is our reaction when we have all feel like we have been overwhelmed? And we have nothing that we can do, no way to turn. Let me just give you a quick insight. God often allows us to experience the limits of our capacities. God often allows us to experience the limits of our capacities. In other words, you get to your wit's end because God allowed it. You get to the end of the rope because God allowed it. You say, well, what is the purpose? His purpose is to teach us not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in him. And what I find, and I don't have numbers, I don't have stats on this, but what I found that many people who come to their wit's end or get to the end of their rope have done that on their own ability and their own strength and their own wisdom. And finally, they run out of strength and ability and wisdom. And now they're saying, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. See, there's three common reactions to being overwhelmed. Very normal, very common. One is we blame ourselves. We blame ourselves. We say, if I had just been more faithful, this would not have happened. If I had prayed harder, if I had read my Bible more, if I had been in church more often, if I had put two or three more dollars in the offering, I would not be feeling like this. And so we start beating up ourselves, and it just gets worse from there. Because here's the thing. The blame game is not helpful, and it will destroy whoever starts to play it. So if you're here this morning and you've been beating yourself up, stop it. Stop it. Walk away from that. Because it will, you can't win. The blame game is a game that you can't win. 
So you have to walk away from it. Secondly, we blame God. So, oh my, I've never, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We find ourselves at times, we blame God. See, here's the thing. In fact, it hasn't been that long ago. There was a study done by the belief of young people in America is trying to figure out what their common belief was. Are you ready for this? The study found that the most common belief of America's youth is called moral therapeutic deism. Moral therapeutic deism. It is moral because it's mainly about being good and fair to each other as taught by all the world religions. It's therapeutic as it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it makes you happy. And it's deism because they believe in a higher being, just not the God that's defined by any of the major world religions. Moral, therapeutic deism. So, how does that apply? Well, here's the thing. We live under a false theology that if we pray and do all the right things, God will bubble wrap our lives because he wants us to be happy. When this false theology interacts with the real world, this is when people get disillusioned and they blame God. Because it's a false theology that if I just do certain things, see, that makes it performance-driven. So if I just do certain things, God's going to bubble wrap my life, and he's just going to make me happy all the time. But when that bubble bursts and reality sets in, now we blame God. So we blame ourselves, we blame God, and then... Let's admit it, there's a lot of times we just ignore reality. There are people, I will say this because I sense it, I hear it in interaction. There are people today, not so much in the world, but even in the church, there are people who are still ignoring the fact that COVID-19 exists. They refuse to believe. That's why you have the, do we wear the mask? Don't we wear the mask? Do we social distance? Don't we social distance? Do we this? Do we that? Do the other? Because we are ignoring reality. And when we face stress and anxiety, we just pretend it doesn't exist. It's kind of like, if you close your eyes, it'll all go away. But I think what we're realizing that when we open our eyes, it's still there. And that relates to anything in your life that's causing you to feel overwhelmed or causing you to feel stressed. Closing your eyes will not make it go away. And we've, got, we've gotten good at this. See, let me give you an example. I'm not, a, I'm not a social media expert. I, I, I do good to read my emails. Once in a while, I get it right if I respond to a, a Facebook remark 
but I'm not up on this, but I've read enough about it and I've seen it that I think I can give this to you on, on good standing. Social media is great for not showing what is really going on in our lives. We can post photos, quotes, and hashtag life could not get better, hashtag loving it, and no one knows the difference. No one knows that deep down inside there is a hurt, there is a pain, there is a loneliness, there is an emptiness. Basically, it's called a neurosis of emptiness. But you will never know it because on every post, text, or Twitter, all you're going to see is life could not be better loving it. Remember the old saying, don't, I, I don't remember how it's broken down. Don't remember everything. Don't, uh, don't believe everything you see. Don't believe only half of what you read and only a third of what you hear. And that's why I don't get pumped when I go through and check my Facebook accounts and I see this, that, and the other, and I go, okay, all right. But nobody knows the sense of being overwhelmed and the sense of being stressed. Because here's the thing, as long as we ignore reality, things don't go away when you ignore them. They just get bigger. Things do not go away. You may have had a tiff with your spouse. You may have an outright anger moment. You may have had an outright discussion or a, an argument, you, not a fight, but an intense argument. And you walk away from each other, and we think if we ignore it tomorrow, it will all be better. It will not go away. It has to be dealt with. So surely there's a better way. How do we deal with feeling overwhelmed? How do we deal with this whole thing of stress? There has to be a better way than blaming ourselves. Certainly there has to be a better way than blaming God. And we know it's not working to ignore reality. So what do we do? I want you to follow along. And I want you to catch the words that are on this screen. Because we're going to pray this in any form and way that you want to. But I just have one solution. There are many. But I have one solution. Because we, we understand and we know that we live in a world that can be very overwhelming and can be very stressful. And I wish I could tell you it's going to be better. I wish I could stand here and say to you, hold on because it's going to be better and life is going to be back to a bowl of cherries and hunky-dory and everything is rosy. But in my heart of hearts, I can't say that because I do believe that we are living in the end times. I do believe that things are going to escalate. And if it's not one thing, it's another or another or another. So as a, as a believer, we have to purpose in our minds and in our lives that there is a help. And so how is this a better way? I wrote down and I just really called it the prayer of David. Hear my cry. 
In fact, why don't you just say, would you stand and just, just stand with me this morning? Let's interact here. I want you to, you can see it on the screen. Uh, you may have to drop down the lines a little bit. I think we're missing maybe the one line. Uh, but, but here's what it says. Hear my cry. Just repeat after me. Hear my cry. Hear my prayer. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You have been a shelter. You have been my defense. I place my hope in you. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. My help comes from the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can take great courage and strength in knowing that in those times of feeling overwhelmed, in those times of feeling stressed, in those times of being at our wit's end and at the end of our rope, Father, we thank you that there is an answer. There is a hope. Father, we thank you this morning that as we are going through in our individual lives what we are feeling right now, I pray today that if there is someone here this morning that they came into this service feeling overwhelmed, they came into this service feeling like they've used every resource and they have no place else to turn, Father, I pray today they turn to you. Father, I pray that those words come to our mind. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. And I pray today, Father, that your peace that passes all understanding would rest in our hearts and our minds that we walk out of this building refreshed, renewed, and energized because we have called upon you and we know that you will answer. We've called upon you. you we know that you have heard us today. So, Father, no matter what it may be, a bear, a lion, a giant, a King Saul chasing us, God, I just pray today that we walk in victory and as the psalmist said, that we will sing your praise forever. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.